man. Glory to God. So the kingdom first. Matthew, the sixth chapter. The text is coming from 25 to 33. The focus verse is the 33rd verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, there's a difference between his righteousness and our righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So the truth for my life is I will make the kingdom of God the first priority in my life. Amen. So looking at first the lesson connection, I don't know if you all read that, paid attention to it. It talked about this young lady um, that she was uh, so anxious and, and worried about something and everything. Y'all know them nervous, nilly type of people. They nervous about everything. You know, it, you know if, if the weatherman say we're going to have, oh, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. They're nervous about everything. If somebody say the sky, oh, the sky is blue, what are we going to do? Of them nervous kind of nilly folk. I hope y'all ain't one of them because you need to be delivered. So the woman here uh, kept asking questions. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, what if? You know, the what ifs of life. What if I were married? What if I had a baby? And what if my husband got sick? And what if something happened to the kids? You know, she just kept on going. What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? Uh-huh. And then she finally got to the point where I, I, I just can't help myself. Well, I know, you know, some of us done been in that kind of position before, but, you, you know, you need to know that God is in control of everything. Amen. <laughs> you know, ain't no point in worrying yourself into a tizzy. You know, some folks just get so anxious because they don't have control. Yeah, see, that's one of the core issues is we don't have control. Mm -hmm. So too often we allow concerns and worries to trouble us when there is no cause to worry. You ever been in situations where, you know, you were upset or, you know, concerned and, oh, you know, what are we going to do? What, what am I going to do? One wonder what. And then turn around and God worked the thing out. And you sitting there like, I didn't even have no reason to be upset. Amen. I ain't even have no reason to be all worried and in a tizzy. Because God had already worked that thing out. Huh? Before, you know, we done lost sleep. And I know you ain't got to raise your hand because I already know. But, you know, when lost sleep, you know, uh, being upset, stomach and knots and, you know, just upset in our spirit of different situations and circumstance because, you know, we done been through some stuff. And you ain't got to tell me. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. But guess what? While we was upset and disturbed, God was already working in the background. <laughs> he was already navigating who you needed to talk to, who you needed to come in contact with, who was going to be there to help you and assist you. Oh, come on. He already had that thing set up. Uh, so then we came to the realization it really wasn't no need to worry. 
because God had already had it worked out. I know it's upsetting as humans, you know. Uh, we have our human feelings, huh? But guess what? When you walk with God, you got to get rid of them feelings. <laughs> because, look, I walk with God can't be based on human feeling and human reasoning. Come on, somebody. Amen. So God is always showing us for his people, there is no need for worry. So I just want to point that out. It's just some people worry stem from their failure to arrange their lives in proper order. Ah, so sometimes when our life is a mess and we don't prioritize what's really important, uh-huh, then we have these worries and these concerns because things are not flowing like we want them to flow or like we think they should flow, well, maybe we need to get some things in order. <laughs> Amen. It's called priority. You know, uh, certain things now we, we need to put in line. You know, God first, and then everything else underneath that. You know, our families, you know, our relationships, our marriages, and our children, and so forth and you know our careers and you know everything should have an order man but when we don't flip that thing and we don't put career above god we don't put family above god we don't put pursuing the money above god and then we wonder why stuff stumble and fall and crumble it's called your priorities are in the wrong place Amen. So the world of worry, and I looked up the world, word worry. In the Greek, it is anasakia. It means anxiety, unrest, restlessness, concern, mental distress, agitation. It's called the experiences of life. Because everybody... <laughs> Go experience life. Life may hit you a little different than it hit me. But guess what? We all going to go through some of the same stuff. Amen. And so the thing that we have to take in consideration is how we deal with what we presented with. You know. The problem ain't the trouble. The problem ain't the husband or the wife or the kids you know, the bank account and all of those things. The issue is, how are you dealing with it? Oh, that, that, that's what we're presented with. How are you dealing with those challenges? Huh? Because everybody's going to be challenged on some level. Everybody. Whether it's your marriage, relationships, children, family members, work, you know, careers, finances, those are common things that everybody has some kind of a challenge. But it's how we deal with it. Mm. Yeah, everybody going to experience that. And when we're going through, we think we're the only ones that are going through. You notice that? You know, oh, 
Something is wrong with my heart. Something wrong with this and something wrong with that. And we get so caught up in what we're dealing with, we think we're the only ones that's an experience and then went through it. But reality is, is that somebody sitting next to you probably done experience what you done experience. Mm-hmm. So that lets me know that God is still able. If he done did it for others, he can do it for me too. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, that ought to encourage you. Oh, when you done talk with people that got a testimony to the power of God and how God worked the thing out for them, then that should encourage you to say, hey, if he did it for them, he can do it for me too. Oh, come on here. I don't care what the doctor's reports say. If God done delivered somebody else, he can do it for me. I don't care what the bank account says. Oh my God, if God made a way out of no way for my brother and my sister, guess what? I know he is still able to do exceeding abundant above all that I could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Oh, he's still able. Somebody say he working miracles. And oh, hallelujah, you looking at one. Look at yourself in the mirror. You a walking miracle every day. Oh, you ought to encourage yourself instead of being worried because you serve big G you serve the God of all gods who has all power and authority nothing gets past his he understands and he knows all about your troubles he knows what you're dealing with every day sister Leach he understands it about freedom he understands the nonsense Rosetta that you have to put up with he understands all the foolishness you gotta endure in faith sister Karina he understands Elder all the pressures all the stress everything the weight on your shoulders and everything you gotta deal with he already knows it all together but we serve a God that is able to give you strength to keep on pushing to keep on pressing to keep on fighting oh come on here he'll make it so he'll take up the burden he'll lift the heavy load and he'll supply you with peace he'll give you joy He'll send his love and his kindness in your life and put a smile on your face and cause you to be happy in the midst of nonsense. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Because everything that you're going through, all things is working together for the good. To them that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. Uh, you ain't got to worry about it. Uh, it's all working. You got to just remind yourself. Uh, all this stuff is all working. Either it's going to build me. It's going to mold me. It's going to shape me. Oh, come on here. Uh, it's going to build my character. And a lot of stuff you go through is called building your character. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Let that soak in for a second. Because God's got to build character in his people. Amen. We're going to be tested and tried. 
Huh? When you get over one thing, something else coming. You can't afford to relax because you got to keep on fighting the good fight. You got to be awake, alert, because your enemy, the adversary, the devil, is going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you got to be on your toes in the spirit. Come on, somebody. You can't afford to take a nap. When God give you reprieve from one season, guess what? It's another season coming. And you got to be ready. You got to arm yourself. See, if you're ready and you arming yourself, then you'll spend less time worrying. Huh? Folks that ain't rooted and grounded in the faith, they got a reason to worry. Huh? If you ain't rooted and grounded in God, yeah, you're going to worry. Because your faith is not where it needs to be. That's why in the good time, you need to spend that building up your faith. Huh? When all is going well, that's the time for you to be working on building up your faith. So when the worrisome and the troublesome times come, you'll be done stored up enough timber and glory that it can speak for you. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> let me tell you, when you get in a situation like the pastor was a few weeks ago, when you're on your back, that ain't the time for you to be trying to pierce in the glory. Mm -hmm. When you're going through, let me tell you, you got to have it already stored up. And the man of God done spent plenty of time and labor before God, before he got in the situation. See, you, you got to spend time and labor before you get into the fire. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, before they went into the fiery furnace, their faith was built up. They put enough time in in prayer and seeking God, standing on the word of God, and they refused to come down. They refused to compromise to the culture. Before they went into the fire. Woo! Y'all see that? You got to put in the time before you face the fire. Oh, my God. Your heart got to be fixed. Your mind got to be made up. It's got to be set on the things of God. It's got to be set on the kingdom of God. I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. I refuse to backslide. I refuse to worry like a nervous nilly when I'm the God that I serve. He's got it and he's got me too. God's got it. Tell yourself God's got it. Yeah, God's got it. You know, while we trying to stir in the Kool-Aid and we trying to stir in the soup and we think we're going to help God out, well, let me do this and let me do that. And you ain't doing nothing but spinning your wheels. That's all you're doing. Huh? You think you actually doing something and God is just sitting there shaking his head. You ain't doing nothing. You just stirring up a nest. You just 
shining, 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 spinning your wheels. Ain't nothing getting done until God step in. We need to ask God to step in. Step in, God. Step in and step in because this is a mess. All of this is a mess. Whatever it is, it's a mess, God. And I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to deal with it. Just be honest with God and tell God, God, I need you to step in. And when God step in, everything got to change. Oh, come on here. Including our attitudes. Including our crazy in mind when God step in. Y'all will get it in a minute. Y'all will get the revelation. The worries of the inner life uh, talked about experiences, like I said, that are not in our control, not by choice. Our families, we couldn't choose that. We couldn't choose you know, our upbringing. Huh? We just had to learn how to live. We, we couldn't choose a lot of things in our life, Ro. But guess what? God had already predestined it. Huh? Before the foundation of the world, the peoples in your family, your upbringing, your parents and your cousins and uncles and aunties and all your school friends and folks in the neighborhood. Look, God already knew. He knew it was going to shape you. It was going to build your toughness and your fortitude. He already knew. He knew what you needed for your personality. He already knew the people that was going to help you. Oh, my God. He put people in your place strategic times and seasons to help build you. You thought it was all bad. No, it wasn't all bad. Huh? They may have did some bad stuff, but God was able to use that bad stuff, huh, to get you some thick skin. Oh, my God. It's all in how you think about it. Because, saints, we got to have some thick skin. If you ain't got no thick skin, yeah, you're going to worry. You're going to be anxious. You ain't got no alligator hide. Oh, man, you should tell me you got to have some alligator hide. You got to let stuff roll off your back like sweat. You can't afford to let everything somebody say to you get to you. Huh? You can't afford folks and their nonsense and foolishness get you all in a tizzy and disturbed. Huh? How can you hear God? How are we hearing God if we so upset? Having fits, huh? Rage, going overboard, going over the top. That shouldn't be the plight of the people of God. We should have a calm spirit. Everybody else getting disturbed, but you calm. Huh? Everybody else having fits, anxiety attacks, panicking. But you got the peace of God that passes all understanding. Somebody around here needs to be calm. Somebody around here needs to have a level head. It might as well be you. Everybody can't be having panic attacks. What happened to the peace of God that should be ruling your heart and mind in Christ Jesus? 
We reverse anxiety with peace. We need to be asking God, God, give me my peace. Lord Jesus. You don't do nothing else, God. Just let me have my peace. Peace when I lay down and peace when I get up. You don't have nothing else, brother, sister. You need to have some peace in your house. You need to have some peace in your life. We don't put enough value on the peace of God. Hmm. So Jesus taught the disciples that worry is unproductive. It shows a lack of trust. Hmm. So when you start worrying about that thing, you're actually showing God that you don't trust him. It's easy for us to say words that we trust God. We trust God. But when that situation weighs heavy on your heart and it weighs heavy on your mind and you begin to worry, it shows God that you really don't trust him. Hmm. That we don't really believe God like we say we believe God. So watch yourself the next time you're in a pressure cooker. Watch yourself the next time you face with that dilemma. Watch yourself the next time you get the bad report or the bad news, how you respond. Watch yourself when your back is against the wall the next time. How did you respond to God? Hmm. Because we say we believe God, but when the rubber meet the road, huh? Our actions show God what we really believe. Mm-hmm. Is you fainting and falling out every time something happened? That's a bad sign. Because if nobody else is strong in what you need to be. If nobody else is living right and walking upright in the neighborhood, you should be. If somebody in the family need a word of wisdom, you should be able to give some wisdom. Come on, somebody. It affects us negatively. Look at worry. It causes you to lose focus of what's really important. If I spend all my time consumed with my troubles and what I'm going through, I can't focus on nothing else. You notice that? Well, you get something on your mind that heavy and that deep, and you in the middle of going through, you really can't focus on nothing else because you lose sight on what's important. Huh? What's important is your faith and your relationship with God. When the prophets of old, when they were faced with famine and they were faced uh, with uh, opposition and war was breaking out and going on in the land, what did it show us in the scriptures? They went away with God and sought God for direction. 
They sought God for instruction. So they had no room to worry because God gave them a word to let them know that they were going to come out with the victory. You see? But if you're not pulling yourself away and you're not spending time with God in prayer, seeking God in the word of God, how is God going to deal with you and give you a revelation in your situation? And a lot of times he'll wait till you go to sleep because he know you spinning your wheels all day long. You ain't paying attention to God. You so busy being busy, and a lot of times he'll wait till he'll lay you out. And a lot of times before you wake up, he'll give you a revelation. Uh-huh. Can I get a witness? Amen. And so worry, it, it messes us up in so many different areas. Not only does it increase our stress and anxiety, it affects our health. Hmm? It affects your sleep. You get less sleep when you experience in worry. You notice that? You don't sleep as deep and you don't sleep as soundly when you're experiencing worry. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't sleep at all. Or you so restless, you toss and turn most of the night because of worry. You notice that you spend a, a lot of your time on edge. Huh? It don't take much to set you off. When you're dealing with worry and anxiety and stress. Huh? The littlest thing, you can turn on the TV and it'll go a little commercial. That gets you all sensitive. You notice you're most sensitive, <laughs> you know, when you're going through worry and stress and anxiety. Yeah. Somebody can call you or text you and you get offended. Huh? They said the same thing to you last month and you didn't get offended. But now they don't send it to you, so now you done got in your feelings. You, you see, you can't even think clearly. You can't even focus. Huh? When stuff is worrying and weighing you down. Uh-huh. <laughs> stuff that didn't mess you up before, it mess you up now. Because we sensitive. We wear our, our feelings on our sleeve. Come on, somebody. Huh? You, you, you. Look, you be done told folks, this ain't the day to mess with me. Oh, I guess y'all ain't had that kind of day. This ain't the time to be messing with me. Huh? <laughs> well, that's another topic. Glory to God. <laughs> Please take your medicine and ask God to bless it so it'll work. Glory to God. <laughs> Worry will cause you to lose your grip. <laughs> To the point where you can't even function. Worry does a whole lot to you. Have your stomach turned upside down. You either can't move or you're moving too much. Heart rate, blood pressure going up, blood sugar going up. It's cause of stress. Anxiety, worry. Huh? 
have more headaches, have more pain. Huh? See, we're thinking all physical, but sometimes it's an inside issue that's causing a manifestation of everything else. Oh. So if we deal this stuff that's on the inside, maybe we won't have a lot of these other issues. Because you talk to a doctor and they'll tell you, boy, stress will cause folks to have heart attacks. Stress will cause folks to have strokes and all kinds of health problems, a whole list of things that could happen with undue stress. Mm-hmm. You be worrying yourself to death instead of to life. Uh-huh. So we got to shift the focus to leaning and depending on God. Huh? Because it's through him that we move and live and have our being. It's because of him that we are able to do and function and live and have this thing called life. It's all about shifting the focus from our problems and throwing it to God and say, God, I need you to handle it. Because I'm leaning and depending on Jesus. <laughs> and if Jesus won't fix it, nobody can. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Spending all our time worrying about bills and worrying about folk and what they do and what they ain't going to do and all of that. Huh? You're going to get paid 30 days at a time. I ain't going to be worrying myself. <laughs> I'm going to send you. You can get in line with everybody else. You know, I'm, I'm going to pay what's due. I'm going I'm to do my responsibility, but I ain't going to be worried over no bills. Uh-huh. Amen. God give me the strength. I'm going to get up and go to work every day. I'm going to earn my living, and I'm going to do accordingly. Huh? Bills, leisure, and wants. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I guess I'm in the wrong church. I guess I'm in the wrong church. Because all of my check ain't going to go to bills now. Now, I'm just saying now, you pay your responsibility now. Don't, don't ghost the people. <laughs> now, same thing because they say that they go ghost on the bills and say Jesus gonna you know let the money rain down out the sky. That ain't how it work. We gotta be responsible and accountable. Now come on now, because uh, you saved and sanctified and you speaking in tongues and running around the church seven times, you still gotta pay your bills. Jesus told them, "Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto God what is God's." Uh-huh. Oh, come on, somebody. And if we learn how to prioritize, now make sure now we're giving God the first fruits of our increase, you know, that we're supporting the ministry with tithes and offerings, that we're doing our responsibility by paying our bills because you made them. Amen. Ain't no point in being mad at folks because they want to collect. You made them. <laughs> what you mad for? You made the bill, and you want to get mad at the folks because they want to collect their money. Saints want their money, saints. They want their money. You borrowed it. Pay it back. Uh-huh. Just because.
because you saved in your nice church clothes, that don't get you off the hook from paying your bills. Right. Don't get mad at the mortgage company. They all, you borrowed the money. They want their money. Huh? You borrow light water and gas every month. You take your bath, you sit there sucking up that air and that heat, you watching that TV with that electricity, and that stove got to operate. They want their money. Bishop, apostle, prophet, evangelist, missionary, deacon, pew member, choir. They want their money. So if you prioritize... Uh-huh. Then we won't have to worry every month. You, you, you see what I'm saying? See, if you got to make you a budget, make you a budget. Make you a plan of what area you're going to spend them coins in for that month. And stick with it. It's called discipline. Now, you know you can't run your tail to the mall all the time and you got bills due. Well, what's in that closet? Put some different shoes and a different tie on it. Different accessories. Huh? Come on here. Uh, you know you can't be going out of town and you can't be living a lavish lifestyle and you got bills due. It's called discipline. Sometimes you got to use restraint. Amen. There's a time and a season to enjoy that kind of thing. You know, traveling and all those things. Time and a season. Sometimes you got to sit your tail at home. Huh? And you a staycation. You know you broke. <laughs> it's called stay. It's called stay. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You need to fire up the grill and have you a little staycation in the backyard. You know, put you up an umbrella and put some lights on it and listen to you some, some good music out there and put it on your shades and have you a glass of lemonade and call stay. Uh-huh. Let's see. But then we overspend, and then we want to cry, and we want to worry how everything is going to pan out. Tell it on getting ghosts, You got to use some good sense along the way. Then you won't have no reason to worry. Oh, I guess I ain't got no witness. Huh? A lot of times, Elder, we don't use good sense. Then we want to cry out to God, God, help me. I need you to make a way out of no way. I need you to come through, Jesus. Come through. Like you striking your lucky number. Jesus, I need you to come through. Oh, is that how we treating God, Elder? Huh? Jesus, you see these bills. Jesus. You, you, we get to crying Jesus real hard then. Jesus. Y'all put extra emphasis on it then. Jesus. <laughs> you made them. Uh-huh. But see, the, the, the thing is, Elder, <laughs> God know what it takes to really get our attention. He know. Them coins is number one uno. God knows all the stuff that you having to deal with. He knows you can really cry out good to him. Boy, you really pray hard, won't you? 
You get some hard praying time when you going through in your pocket. Oh, it ain't nothing like it. Oh, God knows what hit you the hardest. Oh, when it come down to your kids and your grandkids, he knows what'll hit your hardest. He understands oh, what's in our heart and what's in our mind and our thoughts and what consumes us. But it ain't nothing like that hard praying when you going through. Boy, you won't mind getting on your knees and down on the floor, crying out to God when that pressure hits you right. <laughs> you don't do that kind of praying when everything is well. You don't cry out to Jesus like that. Jesus! Everything going well with you? You don't cry out to him like that. Like you in distress. Jesus! Huh? Yeah, we have casual praying until the hell and the high water come. <laughs> Woo! We worry about social status, bills, inflation, when we understand that God in control of it anyway. He going to let what happened happen in this crazy world, in the culture, the economy. God is still watching. He see it all. And he's only going to let so much happen to his people. It's the children's bread for us to be provided for. I don't care how high the interest rate gets. God is going to provide for his people. Huh? He'll make a way out of no way. They can keep on jacking it up. They can keep on cranking it up. But God is going to take care of you. You hear me? I don't care how much the stocks fall. I don't care how much the banks fall. And the banks are falling now. I don't care. God will provide for his people. He's proven it. Down through hard afflictions. Down in Egypt, didn't he prove it? He proved it. When there was severe famine in the land, he made a way for his people to have corn. Yes, he did. He did that. Huh? He did. And if he did it in Egypt, he can do it here. Amen. He can do it right here in America. Mm-hmm. With rent prices going up, food going up, gas high. God still will provide. You got to settle that in your mind and in your spirit. God has never left me. He promised he would supply my every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply. Huh? You got to stand on that word. You got to let... So spirit, you get up here. God will supply my every need. Mm. And so I want to bring out a scripture, Matthew 13, 22. It talked about the parable of the sower. Y'all remember that? Where Jesus described the seed that was sown on thorny ground. That thorny ground was the worries of this life. Deceitfulness of riches and wealth 
And what did it do? It choked the word. Mm -hmm. See, that's another thing that worry does. It chokes the word out of you. Mm -hmm. You got the seed that's supposed to be in your spirit. But worry will to where you can't even receive. Hmm. Uh-huh. Y'all see that? You're getting too much work to live like the world in worry. You got too much work. Worry will choke the word. Uh-huh. It will suffocate the word that God then deposited into you. You can come and sit and listen, but you won't be able to receive because you're worried. Mm-hmm. So constant worry hinders your ability to receive the word and to apply. Mm. But we have to make a decision by faith. Oh, come on, somebody. I decide and make a decision not to allow the pressures of life to control when I don't have control of internal, external sources. You got to choose to let your faith rise up. Mm-hmm. Because this is a faith walk with God. The Bible said the just shall live by his faith. Hmm? It's not about what you got, but it's about the power of God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We walk by faith and not by sight. Worry will have you walking by sight, by what you see. Mm-hmm. But when you reverse that thing and you start walking by faith and know that God has already got it worked out, hmm? according to his will and his purpose and his plan, it may not pan out the way I thought it would. may not work out like you thought, but it worked out the best because it was according to his plan. Hmm. Yeah. He's the creator of all things. He can do all. Amen. But it's by faith that we make that resolution. Huh? That we walk by faith with God and knowing that faith is the substance of things that I hope for. And then I got to have some evidence of things that I don't see. And God, when he manifests his power and his anointing, that brings about the evidence of the things that I couldn't see. My God. You do realize you got the evidence of the power of God in your life? Before you even open your mouth, you ain't got to go nowhere. But the evidence that God is moving in your life. Stuff don't affect you like it affect the world. Huh? You ain't down like you ain't got no hope like the world. Come on here. 
You got a reason to get up and to keep pressing and to keep fighting. Huh? Come on here to make something out of this life because you got the hand of God on your life and you got the greater one inside of you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You got a reason to hope. You got a reason to hold on. You got a reason to keep on coming. You got a reason to get up and to keep Keep on pushing. Come on, somebody. Because our hope is in God. David said, Why thou cast down, O my soul? And why thou disquieted within me? Because he was going through a hard time, Elder. He had to run for his life. Hiding out in caves. He went through a season of depression. Yes, the king. Yes, the anointed man of God went through some depression. Hmm? The one that was after God's own heart experienced depression. But he had to come to himself. <laughs> Why art thou disquieted within me? Woo! My God, hope thou in God. Woo, my God. You got to talk to yourself. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. And you got to tell yourself, trouble don't last always. I may be going through a rough patch right now, but I know the God I serve. He's going to come through. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to encourage yourself and say, if he did it before, he can do it again. He's that kind of God. He can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Oh, my God. Oh, you got power with God. You got weight with God. He'll, he'll listen to your prayers. Oh, he pays attention to the righteous. The righteous cry and the Lord hears. You don't have a reason to worry. The world do, but you don't. Because he has you covered. When you remember, you covered. Guess y'all ain't checked out Psalm 91. He that hideth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snail, the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. Under his feathers, under his wings, shall I trust. Because he got you covered. His truth, his word, shall be my shield and my buckler. So when you buckle yourself with the word, a lot of the stuff you won't have to worry about. <laughs> you just don't worry. Huh? Tighten up the word in your life. Hmm. So we talked about ultimately, ultimately life is what you make it out to be. Right? This life is what you make it. 
no matter the money you got, where you are, where you live, what status you have, life is what you make it. I remember growing up, up under old biddies, old grandmothers, and they had very little, very little, but they made it. And they were some happy women. Life is what you make it. They showed me a lot of stuff. They didn't have to preach to me. They didn't have to do no Bible study. But I watched them. I watched Madea. I watched Adarine, as they call it, Adarine. I watched Diamond. See, I watched them old women. Uh-huh. Pastor can tell you he watched Florida Man. You had your mother. Deacon, you remember Florida May watching her. They made life work. With very little money, very little education. What's your problem? They had very little resources. You could always go to their house and get a meal. Uh-huh. Life is what you make it. With little money, little education, and little resources. But guess what? Them women had faith in God. Those old folk, they had some crazy faith in God. And that's why their life worked as well as it did. They didn't get a lot of support from folk. But they knew the God, huh? That was able to supply, that made a way out of no way, huh? They say you used to sing them songs, hold on to God's unchanging hand, huh? Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. They used to say that, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Because they knew that God won't change. He'll be the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God that was back then and who's the same God today. Amen. Amen. You just got to work on building your faith. Amen. Amen. Love them old people. Had a smile on their face. They knew how to laugh. They found joy if it wasn't nothing but an old western. A good old TV show. They found some joy in something. And you couldn't beat them old women going to church. I don't understand this generation now. Huh? One thing them old folks would do, come Sunday morning, come hell high water. They were going to church. And see, that helped build their faith. Amen. Because they were consistent with God. And they showed God something. Oh! Baby, we got to work on it. We got to work on showing God something. Woo! They was oppressed and afflicted. They were poor, but they served God. Woo! With everything they had, the old women was on fire for God. Get a prayer through. Oh, my God. 
They didn't mind working in the kitchen and supporting the ministry and teaching Sunday school and bringing kids to church. I remember Mother Young used to have a carlo full of kids bringing them to church. You couldn't feed her out there in the community bringing kids to church. Huh? Bible studies. Witnessing. Witnessing out on the job. Witnessing to the neighbors. You couldn't beat them old women working for the Lord. Life is what you make it. You can make it tight and you can make it lean. You can make it on middle ground, and you can make it high on the mountain. Well, wherever you are, guess what? It's all about what you make it. Hmm? Oh, yeah, absolutely. God honors faith. He's going to honor their faith. Mm-hmm. I just want to wrap it up with internalizing the message. I don't know if y'all read that part. It talked about half-hearted Christianity won't do it. And that's what we're dealing with in this time. It's half-hearted Christianity. Everybody a Christian now. Y'all notice that? Mm-hmm. They'll put Christian behind everything. Mm-hmm. Ain't living two cent worth of nothing, but they're Christian. So it talks about kingdom priority. In our busy life, number one, commit ourselves wholeheartedly to Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Then it says, no holding back. Y'all see that? Because a lot of stuff we try to hold back so we can have energy and strength and time for the world. And we give God leftovers. Ooh. Spend quality time with the Lord Jesus every day. Every day. You got to have time set aside, committed to spending with God. In prayer, in his word, in meditation or reflection. Number three, focus on developing intimacy with Jesus every day. Jesus don't want to talk to us at a distance. Hmm? He desires closeness with his people. Hmm. I don't want to have a relationship with you from afar off. But I want to be connected with you. Because I consider you my friend. Hmm. Can Jesus consider us our friend, his friend? A friend of God. Isn't that what he called Abraham? Because he had an intimate relationship with Abraham. When you look at how Abraham and God connected, it was an intimate relationship based on faith. And the Bible says that he imputed it unto righteousness for Abraham. Hmm. Because he gave his whole heart. Not that Abraham was perfect. Abraham did some stuff. Uh-huh. But the heart was perfect to God. Hmm. Intimacy. How close are we getting connected with God? Maybe that's why you're worrying so much. 
commit our schedule to the Lord. We know what's on our to-do list, but do we truly reflect God's priorities? Or do we reflect our own? Oh, that's a question. The majority of your day, is it based on what you want to do? Or are we asking God, God, what do I need to be doing today? God, lead me and guide me and give me some direction. Are we honestly saying we asking God that? Hmm. Your priorities versus God's priorities. Hmm. Refuse to worry about our challenges. Because your challenge is a way that God can show you his power. <laughs> Don't you realize everything you're dealing with and going through is an opportunity for God to show you his power and his glory. <laughs> I wasn't sick. If I wasn't hanging on by a thread, I wouldn't know the power of God. Oh, my God. Your back was against the wall like the nation of Israel, and your enemies are coming in toward you and rushing in like a flood, and God lifted up a standard. You wouldn't know the power of God. <laughs> I can listen to your testimony, your story all day, but when it gets personal for me and I see God, <laughs> my God. So your challenge is just an opportunity for God to move. <laughs> That's what you got to tell yourself. It's just another opportunity for God to show that he's in control. Because he rules and he reigns in the affairs of men. <laughs> he has power, not some, but all power. <laughs> Come on. And your, yes. and your challenges should prove to you when God proves that he is a living God, just not a written God. Absolutely. He's a God that comes off the page. Yes. Oh, can I get a witness? After you done read about Jesus, after you done read about the power and the move of God on the pages, he's a God that'll come off the page. He'll visit you on your sickbed. He'll visit you in your trouble. And he'll let you know, is there anything too hard for God? And I have to tell him, no, God, I don't know anything too hard for you. He's a God. He's real. He'll come off the page. He'll show up in your life just like he promised. He's a man of his word. He keeps his promises. They are yea and amen. Can I get a witness? He'll show you, oh my God, that he is a true and living God. He will provide whatever you need. You need shalom, peace. He's a God of peace. Whatever you need. You need 
to be healer, he's a healer. My God, he's a man fixer and a hard regulator. Oh, your heart was skipping B so he can put it in order. That's the kind of God we serve. Your mind may be messed up and tripping, but he's a man regulator.